On today's episode of the KBC Hoops podcast, we've got Mr. Coast to Coast himself, Darren Breeze. We're going to dive into the world of second and third grade basketball scouting. We're also going to talk about other travel team and AAU basketball stories. And lastly, we're going to talk about what's next for Coast to Coast Preps. You'll hear it first on the KBC Hoops podcast. Another episode of the KBC Hoops podcast. Another episode of the KBC Hoops podcast. Marcellus Barksdale, co-host Tom Bauer. Let's also got Julius King. And today we've got the man behind Coast to Coast Preps basketball, Mr. Darren Breeze. Thanks so much for, for joining the show. For, for listeners unfamiliar, Coast to Coast Preps on Instagram. Coast to the number two, Coast Preps. Currently 63,000 followers what? on Instagram. One of the biggest s- scouting services for elementary through middle school. We look at this, man. H- How did you get your start into just, just basketball, AAU basketball in general? In AAU basketball? Yep. You know, my father, he uh, – I'm from Mason County originally, so what? Back in the yeah, yeah. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Scratch, 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 scratch the record. Scratch the record again, man. We we tried to tell you guys. I think every single episode that we've got, we've got a Maysville lineage direct line. And again, when King cousins told me ridiculous, that Breeze man. grew up in because I've known Breeze longer than I've known King. <laughs> yeah, and Breeze is like, oh yeah, he's in Maysville too. I, I just, <laughs> yeah. I said, man, everybody. So so when I. You know, my dad, he coached. You know, AAU was different. It's probably the 90s, early 90s. It's a little different. You know, you had your AAU state tournament, but with yeah. a lot of school teams. But then you had teams, uh, Charlie Gibbons had, shoot, I remember Darnell Burton. Shout out. Shout, shout out to Mr. Charlie real quick. We got to get him on the show, man. Oh, Salvation oh, Army. They had a, oh, I remember they had a guard named the Rasto Hatchet. Uh, so, anyway, he used to always go to them state tournaments, and he'd uh, – you know, my dad, he wouldn't always take just all Mason County kids. He'd have some 10th region kids like Jerry Fogle mm-hmm. and so forth. Alvin he, he, yeah, I don't think Alvin ever played for I think Alvin him. played with that Did one. Did he? Yeah, one time. <clears throat> but he never, he never won it. He got beaten final, final four a couple of times. Louisville Valley had a good team. Louisville Eastern one year. Uh, do, do you mind if I set something up real quick with just for a little context on what you're talking about? <clears throat> Back then, like now, we'll do our AAU high school mm-hmm. state tournament which is not AAU we call it the KBC championship our kind of our version of it right but um <clears throat> we'll have 22 to 26 teams per division mm-hmm. right um back then like I played one year in 2000 is it because AAU wasn't that big of a deal yeah um but there were only four teams in the whole thing. Right. But it was nothing but the best players in the state. Like it was loaded. Every team was just absolutely loaded. And I think Salvation Army, I think well, they they drug us. But but the, the landscape was a little different. Where it wasn't as that much watered down with teams. It was big time. See when I was, when my dad coached in the nineties. I mean there was seventy eighty teams. Really. It would be at Frankfurt. But by the time I got to playing AAU. It switched to like you're saying. They'd have the All Star Division, the school division. When you All Star Division, you'd have three, four, five, right. six teams. Yeah. And it got way down. There was two brothers. I can't remember their names. That used to run it back in the day. They were twins. I can't remember their names. They ran back in the '90s. But anyway, that's how I got into it. And uh, you know, playing high school basketball, uh, I moved. I was Mason County through middle school, Harrison County, 
or th- Harrison County through middle school, and my dad got a coaching job down in the south central part of the state. So I moved down there, uh, played high school basketball there. Um, you know, I'm five eight, five nine. So I got the most out of my ability. I thought, you know, I got a college scholarship uh, back to Mason County. Sean Myrick, who played at Cincinnati, he went to North Idaho Junior College. So he kind of he had the same coach. So I kind of went out there and played out there. Then you know, you go out there, you kind of see. Yeah. the world of basketball for us, <laughs> you know. So then, um, just be honest, I kind of, I was lucky. I got it. Well, my son, see, he was born in 05, so when he got the, was coming up, I was like, man, yeah, I got to finish college. So, you know, started going to Western. Luckily there, Coach Horn was there, 06 to 08, and I got to help with Western's team. You know, Chase Creek in the building. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's our <laughs> yeah. guy. Coach Horn's our guy. Yep. Then, you know, obviously he left and went to South Carolina. Um, I could have probably went down there with him. We talked about it. But at that time, you know, I I had both my boys were born then. uh, So we went to the Great Alaska Shootout. That was two weeks before my little one was born. And uh, so after that, you know, coached high school one year. Then AAU, you know, you see NBA teams sponsored. Talked to Courtney Lee because he played then about sponsoring. But uh, it didn't work out. But ended up just wanting to get in AAU and kind of picked one grade that was – Picked one grade in Kentucky that wasn't nobody focused a lot on and wanted to do it different, you know, didn't want to charge all the money. So, you know, we didn't ever charge a dime for it. Me and I had a buddy from Greene County. We kind of, you know, because he used to coach Justin Powell and all them when they were little. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we kind of just raised the money ourselves and funded it ourselves. And, you know, we had a pretty good team that year. And then uh, Beyonce kind of took off from there. So it's, it's cool because all, all of our stories kind of mm-hmm. intersect and we're all living our lives separate. <clears throat> but – that f- is that first team, the Derby City team, seventh grade group? Um, was that the first group you're talking about? Yeah, they were eighth grade, I believe, going into their freshman okay. at summer. Yeah, but, you know, I had uh, – you know, it's kind of – you know, as I was saying, my dad, he never won the state, but I won two of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back yeah. to back. I still got pictures. I love <laughs> but, those teams, man. Love you know, the, the first year I had it – I was actually looking weird the other day, you know, getting into the coast-to-coast in a minute. But that team we had, you know, Cole Von Handorf, Kale Stotts. Peyton. Peyton Broughton, Jalen Seabury, Trace Young. You know, so every one of them kids went and played college basketball except one, and that's Chance Melton, and he could have. Yeah. But he was the best one at that age, right. too. You know, but then the next year. But he was a football player, too. I correct. Mean, very, very good football yeah. player. But then the next year, we won the state under, that's when I was under the We All Can Go name. And I was looking at the picture the other day. I think we had nine kids on the team. Only three of them even played high school basketball. Huh. Wow. You know, Sean Kell, Knight Golf, that played football That's right. in UK. Yeah. I don't think he played his senior year. There was a handful of them that didn't even play high school basketball. So it uh, kind of goes both ways. Yeah. <coughs> and we get into that and just understanding your, your roots in basketball again, Maysville, gumming up through everything, getting into the coaching side, giving back to kids through AAU basketball. What kind of clicked in your mind and what gave you that ultimate decision to go through and begin coast-to-coast preps? What, what were the origins? What did those origins look like? Uh, just, well, you know, like I said, I got lucky after I coached Derby State the first year, and we had a good team. Uh, you know, we won the state. We did well at nationals. We, uh, I don't remember what we ended up finished. We thought we could have got to the championship game, but we playing Jared Vanderbilt's team. Mm-hmm. We was up 15 with three minutes to go and ended up, they tied it and took us to Coaching. overtime. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Blame the coach. And uh, so we got on the wrong side of bracket. Anyway, we had a good team. So the next year, I think we was we actually had two teams that year, uh, but I didn't coach the one. We just kind of let them wear our uniforms. They had Michael Moreno, um, Corbin Spencer. Oh yeah, that group. Yeah. 
at uh so we was gonna get a another team together and I called uh We All Can Go at their tournament in Nashville and you know, he called me back and you know, I mean if y'all know Carlos That's he, our boy. He he's from Kentucky and he said, I've been trying to do something out of Kentucky, blah, blah, blah and, you know. So it just kinda hooked up from there and uh anyway so we did a year and he's always wanted to start a ranking site mm-hmm. and because uh, back then you used to have phenom america b-ball spotlight and so forth for little kids and he wanted to start one and you know all them sites usually went to middle school down yeah but we just kind of ex- i think we be honest i think we even started fifth sixth grade and up and mm-hmm. then, you know just kind of over the years it's went down but you know the the idea of it was carlos to definitely do it and, you know he said something about it two or three times and I was just like, you know, I can kind of run a website and write. Yeah. So, because, you know, that was kind of, when I was at Western Kentucky, my first, you know, when I first enrolled there, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I didn't really want to be a teacher where my dad was. And, you know, Western's pretty good at broadcasting and journalism, so I kind of had an interest in that. So, you know, I've always liked to write about sports and so forth. So it kind of just went from there. I got you. And again, we, <coughs> we, we touch on it again and just listening to him speak, you're thinking of it sounds like no no big deal no yeah. no no huge thing but again coast to coast perhaps 63,000 currently on Instagram probably grow to 65 close to 70 by the time this episode releases <laughs> but <laughs> Twitter had about 20,000 yeah and that was I mean that was 15 months ago but you know you post the I just always post highlight videos or something I'll watch mm-hmm. them and the, the music I guess it was um copyright yeah and I can't and it, they took it down and said that my account was suspended. I can't figure out how to get it back. Yeah. I, I've tried and tried, but they tell me to email the. Um, you got a new one now, Coach? No, nah, not yet. I need to. <laughs> I ain't got one yet, but uh, I'm about to give up on this because I actually tried a couple weeks ago, and they keep telling me to email the owners of the song. And I mean, there's no way to yeah. do that. So. so, so, so we get with that. And again, rankings from what's the what's the earliest age that you currently have rankings for both teams and, and players teams go down to uh second grade players in an actual numbered order is fourth grade okay and then uh third grade they have just like a top five and then the, like a watch list okay and you know again we've got you on the show and you know we're, we're not gonna dodge any questions oh yeah you know we're, we're gonna put you on the hot seat just for a little bit and what we want to really try to do is get a better understanding into your perspective on these things um, but you get a lot of flack from a lot of people mm-hmm. about ranking teams down to as low as second grade. These are, you know, six, seven, eight years old. Why do you rank? Well, hold on. I, I, I want to go, go into ahead. some of the things that we see. Yeah. Because, you know, full disclosure, if you all don't know yet, like we run coast-to-coast events, Facts. you know, with Breeze. Some of the best events in the country, uh, by the way. Hands down. Large. We, uh, the atmosphere in here is crazy. We have, you know – we have a lot of fun those weekends, and the teams have a blast. We have teams that come in from private jets from Texas, mm-hmm. California, Wisconsin, <laughs> Florida, you name it. They come out from Colorado. Uh, Colorado. It, they come from all over the country to come and play in these events, and we partner with mm-hmm. with Mr. Breeze and Coast to Coast proudly. And so whenever I see people throw shots at him, you know, it's made me think, well, wait, well, you know, to make sure that we're doing the right things here. Here's some of the criticisms that we see. Uh, the kids are too young and people can't handle it. They don't know how to deal with it. How can you possibly evaluate third graders? What's the point? It's pointless. Um, what are some of the other ones, King? Like uh, Venom, this Venom. And and just actually, there's never any facts to back it up. We'll get into that in just a there minute. But people's opinions, and I think it's yes. – um, Julius and I have felt this a lot through our time, is that 
there is a certain establishment, we could probably say, or let's just say people that have been doing it the same way for so many years that they seem closed off to innovation. Right. And so because they've had a stranglehold on it um, for so long. And so when innovation comes out or when something new comes out, um, their first instincts and the conversations that I have in the pushback and the back and forth that I have, their, their first instinct is to be closed-minded about it and immediately cast it away because, one, they didn't think of the idea. Two, Breeze didn't ask them to be a part of the idea to give their opinions on kids. And there's just this kind of visceral responses of things that go on that, like Marcella says, we're not going to dodge, mm-hmm. but we're going to address them today. And starting with Darren, like, what you know, hearing these things, you know, what are your responses? Because I know you get them almost every post. Yeah, I mean, you know, the team, the team responses, I hadn't really, you know, I think they don't really say much about the team ranking yeah. outside of just, oh, how's this team yeah, sure, sure, that sure. team, you know, yeah. but it ain't really. So why are you ranking them? You know, because, I mean, I think team, you know, like I said, most of your top teams are playing. If it ain't in a coast-to-coast event, you know, uh, we rank off all the events. It ain't just coast-to-coast. Sure. Coast. So, uh, you know, I think it's pretty well, you know, you get some people, well, we beat this team. Well, when did you beat them? Well, we beat them two years ago. You know, it's not like that. Right. But uh, And when I post the rankings, I'm going to be honest, I don't even, you know, there'll be, you can look on there. 300 comments. I don't even look at the comments till about two weeks later. Yeah. And yeah. then I just use it to really go back and notes. All right, did this team beat this team? Or all right, do I need to research it? Is this kid – because, I mean, a lot of times you'll find, you know, kids will play different – the grades they're not in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one of the yeah. biggest things in AAU. Yeah. So you find that out. Um, but the player rankings, yeah, I mean, you know, they'll – you you know, you hear a lot of it. You know, how do you rank a kid this? Why are you doing it that? And then – you know, a lot of it's just people disagree with it, you know. And, you know, I don't claim to be able to do it all by myself. You know, like I said, you know, Coach Carlos, he's he's a lot behind the scenes. I mean, he he knows anybody in every gym. Right. You got um, that right. You know, and then I got different people, you know, I mean, California, there's different coaches that host big events or your big event coordinators like Aces, Grassroots 365, you know, there's a guy in Miami uh, – He's between Miami and Houston. He hosts a lot of events. You know, the Junior Phenom, they always put on top events. So you just kind of look at the write-ups. You know, Spencer Pulliam's been doing a lot of stuff here lately, too. Uh, you know, he's coming back on. So you just kind of look at everything there. If you just rank based off your events, you know, I think it kind of yeah. – it's not it's not going to be realistic. And even then, it's not realistic. You know, who's to say anybody? I mean, it's just like you look in the NBA. You know, you don't have the number one player every time. You don't right. know who's number one, who's not. But, you know, it's just somebody's opinion, who's did this or who's did that. And uh, – you yeah. know, I just think – I mean, I think it's – I mean, it wasn't – when we first started, it wasn't set out to, uh, oh, yeah, let's rank second graders. But it just kind of yeah. – all right, we start with this grade. Well, we're going down another yeah, grade. Let's go down another grade. Yeah, yeah. Let's go down another grade. And then yeah, it yeah. just kind of evolved from there. So, <coughs> King, I, I want to say something real quick, and then you, you had some really good thoughts on all this stuff as well. But um, in regards to ranking kids that are that young, mm-hmm. all right, um, it, there's, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of you know. You ask why I do it. Some of it, a lot of it is just I like to see the people's reactions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's just fun but, but to see. see. But, but that's the whole point of this: is that it's meant to be fun. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that we hear in regards to, they can't handle it. They can't do this. I will tell you that before Coast to Coast existed, there was fourth graders all over the country that were dominating in their tournaments and in their era and in their area that got a big head 
the parents got a big head and the kids stopped working or the kid had a bad attitude. People act as though this is something new. And this is always these these are things that have always been the the things like coast to coast rankings or any rankings mm-hmm. to be to be mad. I mean, even to the the ones that people respect all the way the most, none of them matter. No, I mean, no. I mean, t- tell the rankings to Kawhi Leonard, tell the rankings to CJ McCollum, tell the rankings to countless other guys right now. That's what I'll see. Uh, you know, the Facebook threads uh, you suggested for me. I got you know they always talk. Well, rankings don't matter to ESPN's rankings at high school. And I mean, you know, like you said, I mean. In reality, the ESPN rankings don't matter either. Definitely. I mean, that don't That's matter. Right. It don't. None of it really matters. I mean, the college isn't recruiting just based off, oh, ESPN's got him ranked this. To me, it's almost more. I'm a big Miami Hurricanes football fan. Well, they, you know, they might recruit a kid that don't nobody know about or Alabama. Well, when they get an offer from Miami or Alabama, oh, now all of a sudden four they're star. three or four star. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. that's what – so you can say that about ESPN or any of them. You know, they're ranking the kids. Oh, when they get these offers, now they jump up. They, you know, it's like up. I was kind of looking at the list. Uh, one kid i never seen as a little kid, so he's never been on with the – he's ranked number two now from Minnesota, Chet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Chet Holmgren. You know, oh, so, my I mean, gosh. he – obviously he came out of nowhere. Somebody yeah, liked him. Yeah. yeah, and somebody liked him, and he started getting offers when, you know, he blew up to the top of the rankings. I've never seen him as a little kid or anything. So, uh, you know, I don't know how good he, how good he is. I think he plays Under Armour now. So mm-hmm. I've never even really seen him on the high school level on the Under Armour scene. So, you know, it just King, what about the what about these responses we hear? This is supposed <coughs> to be fun, right? Like we can't help it if a kid sees his name or a parent sees their name written on a piece of paper and decides to change the course of their life and get yeah. arrogant and stop working because they saw it on a piece of paper, right? right? Well, and, right. and what I've seen is it's not the kids. Yeah, yeah. The okay. kids, they they like to see the name on there. And then, you know, oh, this kid, he's ranked this, he's ranked that. It's the parents there that get – the parents that post the videos online, you know, my kid's doing this. Like, I've seen – I don't know how many videos during the quarantine – What's your kid doing there in the quarantine? <laughs> this is what we're doing. We're grinding, this is what we're, we're getting doing. in. <laughs> yeah, and all that. And it's like, you know, the kids like it. I think, you know, I've never had a kid send a message, uh, maybe two or three, but not very many. I've never had a kid say, be disrespectful and say, oh, you you know, this, that, and the other. You know, it's the parents, now they get mad. You well, know, they, they're mad. But the kids, I mean, they take it as a challenge almost. And it to me, like you said, it's, you know, there's other ranking sites out there, but I still, and I hear it all the time, you know, people waiting on the coast to coast because that's the real rankings or whatever. And, you know, I take it as a compliment. I'm not saying it is or isn't. Somebody's might be more accurate on certain classes or whatnot. But, uh, you know, the kids like to see who they're going against, who the top team is, who the top player is. It gives them something to shoot for. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, You know, what cracks me up is I'm affiliated with you. Yeah. And now Tom is, too. You know, we started doing things before, you know, we – uh, created the KBC, right? But they see me, regardless of where I'm at, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, especially. Mm-hmm. Coast to coast. <laughs> Why you didn't rank my son? I'm over here like, uh, <laughs> yeah. How, how many like, people Marcellus come up and said, "Are you Breeze?" Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Are you Breeze? <laughs> l- 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 listen, listen. At the tournament, running these events, man. I- I think that I've morphed into the face of Coast to Coast Preps <laughs> to the point to where this is beef from three years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just walking to my door. It's like, Breeze, you, the rankings is this and that, this and that. Man, we beat this team down in Maryland, this and that. Uh, I'm like, meanwhile, we're looking I, up I, I, like, where's Breeze? <laughs> where's Breeze? <laughs> Breeze is always perfect. He's like, got his iPad in the corner. Hey, it was, I think, true story. They was, uh, man, I mean, Coast to Coast, 
I don't remember. It was first camp maybe, and then the second year, first time we started doing rankings. And uh, see, we was at the EYBL. I guess it was last year in Indianapolis, right? And I asked Larry Hughes to take a picture with my son, and he did. But after that, boy, he was telling – I can't remember what he was talking about, but he was talking about something in seventh grade when his son – which his son's a sophomore now. <laughs> talking about seventh grade at a camp in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> after that. <laughs> like, so. I love it. You know what? But I, I tell you, Coach and Tom, let me squeeze in right mm-hmm. here real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we, we had a conversation the other day, and to me, this is all just – the rankings to me symbolize potential mm-hmm. uh, where this kid is at in the fifth grade and where he could be come when he graduates from college or if he's a one and done or, or, or whatever. And, you know, to, to, to beat up on us, you know, because we're not going to get away from it. They categorizing us as coast to coast. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of, it's kind of silly. You know, but it's all about the potential. And with that potential comes a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's a whole lot of players that could possibly and have lived up to that potential. Uh-huh. But a lot of things come into play, and, and such as injuries. Yeah. You know, such as if you get that ranking, mom and dad, are how are you, you know, preparing your son and, and how are you working on his mentality to be a successful player, are you letting that blow his head up? Right. Is your head getting blown up? Or are you staying the course and grinding it out? So this yeah. is not something that is malicious and is, you know, just for us to make money no. or just for it, us it, to do. You saw about the money thing. I mean, you know, I mean, we, <laughs> we talked about money. You could make, and that's one thing I've learned about it is, you know, all right, it, it's it kind of both ways, all right? I, we rank the players, we rank the teams, all right. Well, we want you to get to an event, man. You better cut them a deal. You better yeah. help them get here. So, you know, the money ain't, you know, it ain't it like doing out. it all for the money. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to do, and I, I don't know what he makes or not, but, you know, one of the best people in ranking stuff who got the best idea as a young age was probably uh, Rob Taylor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buckeye Prep. Mm-hmm. You do something more regional. Back in the day. Shout yeah. out to Rob. Shout yeah. out to Rob so, Stevie Taylor. So yeah. you do more regional. You got, you know, you ain't got kids traveling like you said, Maryland, California. All the families can't come, so you're gonna make a lot more money on an event like that. And you know, I don't think he, I think Rob might rank like, you know, these are the top ten, like Boulder name, and these are the other on the watch list. You know, but the rankings have been around a long time, and I kind of look at, and there's always there's different ranking sites that pop up, and you know, but it seems like they just don't say consistent. Really, coast to coast has been around what five, six years now. And I think the other one's pretty consistent is B-Ball Spotlight. Yeah. It seems like they – but, Milton. you know, but he does his on the East Coast. Yeah. He don't really try to – if you didn't play in his event, which he, you know, he says it's based on the events we've seen, uh, you know, players we've seen, you know, he kind of stays consistent with it. And to be honest, you know, it's like anything else you hear, you know, I, I just kind of ignore the negative stuff and just kind of look right. at it right. and go with it. Now, you know, on. and I, I will research it. If they say team did this or a player here you need to look at, you know, I – if you tell me about a player or something, you know, I do look at it and research it and I'll ask around and so forth. And so, you know, like I say, that's why sometimes it takes so long for rankings to come out, especially when you're player rankings, because it ain't ever going to be perfect, but you try to get it as right. close as you can. Mm-hmm. But you were saying yeah. it comes down to parents. One thing I was thinking about, so you, you know, fifth grade, for example, all right, normal fifth grader is 11 years old, I think. You know, my son's 12, fifth, but still. So you got, you got two ways to look at it. You might have a fifth grader. 
whose parent is all about development, and he's playing up seventh and eighth grade. Well, you don't even know he's in fifth grade. They don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Kid I can think of is in in uh, Nevada named DJ Thomas. His dad used to play for UNLV. He plays up. I mean, he's one of the top players with West Coast Elite, but still, you don't hear his dad. Oh, my kids should be this, that, and the other. Of course, he's in eighth grade now. But then you got another kid who might be 12. All right, he was top five in fifth grade last year. Now he's 50 in sixth grade. Oh, he's going to reclass back because that parent, he's starting to get caught. Yeah. So now yeah. – you know, they're all about holding on to that ranking for a long period of time. And, you know, it's just – I mean, you know, if you didn't put a number by it. But, I mean, like I said, that's what makes it fun. I think it's inter- – I think it's more interesting to see – you know, when I rank a kid, when we rank them in fourth or fifth grade, you put that number by them, it ain't so much, oh, this is who's going to be when they're in high school. No, it's what they're based on right now. Yeah, well, I think it's more interesting kids. to see almost, all right, how many kids on this list – are not on the list in ten years. Yeah, it's more of a, it's almost more of an experience experiment rather than saying, oh, these are the top kids when they're in college. Yeah. That's not what we're saying at all. Right, it, they are now. That's it's a like big chance. Team. What are we yeah. talking about, Chance Milton? Yeah, he, who was it? Jun- Future one fifty, I think that's what they was called. They had him. I mean, they had him top fifteen. High. They're one of the better for a sixth grade basketball player in Kentucky. There's not very many that's been better than him. But he was six three, six four in sixth grade. He graduated six three six four, yeah. you know. But I mean, I seen him dominate the uh, Nike Memorial Day tournament down there with MJ Walker and all them cats in it. And I mean, I was coaching it. I mean, he dominated the tournament. So uh, you know, it's just I think it's more interesting to see you know who your top kids are now and how they pan out. But again, that comes back to working. Yeah. You know, going to Zion Harmon. I mean, he was number one in second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade because he kept. Yeah, he knew he was, but he kept working his too. Work ethic, yeah. He he yeah. could have let up, but he kept working. And and just as a as an event perspective, which you know, again, we 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 run countless events, but I will say that the coast to coast events bring out that different side of everything. But it's because it it really does mean something. It and when you look at the McDonald's All American Game, you look at the NBA, you look at March Madness, you look at the draft board, whatever it is, bringing those rankings allows people to have some type of reference point to where they stand amongst their peers. Everybody's got something to work for. Everybody's got something to lose as well. And we see it all the time. And people ask, you know, why are you or how are you ranking these third graders, these second graders? You know, they're they're too young or whatever it is. But you come out to an atmosphere, and I promise you that some of these atmospheres that we've been blessed to create are some of the best basketball atmosphere that you'll catch anywhere across any level of basketball. And I reference that, you know, I coach high school, too, for those that don't know. I'm a Dare County coach. And uh, what you're saying, well, you know, as I said, I went to a Dare County. I'll talk about that one group I have. You know, we were ranked top six, seven in the state a couple years ago, 32-2. and two. Well, I had a core group of seniors that before I got them at Derby State, they played mm-hmm. under Kentucky Elite. Mm-hmm. But what you just said, well, I mean, them kids can go play in the fifth region against John Harden or E-Town because there ain't been a gym in Memphis to New Orleans, Indianapolis, that they wasn't packed in mm-hmm. and playing in those type That's of atmospheres. Right. And, you know, that just carries over. Especially difference. for a Kentucky Kentucky kids and Kentucky teams. You know, if you get out there and experience it, uh, you know, what they're going what they're playing in Washington D C every weekend. Yes. You know, yeah. you come back you know, you come back here and play, it makes it a whole whole lot big difference. We 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 were joking about a kid, um, who's the young guard from Four. Texas? Texas uh Texas United that, that hit that LaCour, crossover yeah. step back. Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. So this kid's in third grade, correct? 
fourth. Okay, fourth grade. He's at fourth grade. And in the game, and this highlights on KBC, Coast to Coast put it out as well. But uh, the kid with two seconds left, it was almost a buzzer beater shot. His mm-hmm. team is down, and he crosses up his man, does a sidestep, and shoots a three and drains it. And frankly, in an open gym with, with nobody around, that's an advanced shot for yeah. even a college right. player to hit. Exactly. That's not an easy shot. And this young man is in fourth grade doing that. And so yeah. I think the other part is that until you're exposed to this, high, like how good a third grader could be, because it seems really weird, right? Yeah. That seems super weird. But the things that we've been able to see, it, it actually changes your perspective on how things exactly. are. And the most impressive thing to me about that, like I said, you can go back on the Coast to Coast, KBC, on the app and watch it. But the most impressive thing about me to that whole scenario, I think those were number one and number two. They were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Match but on court one. They, uh, like you said, there, I mean, there wasn't no seats. It was standing room. Standing room. But he had the ball. And he dribbled the clock down from a he, minute with the right. whole crowd. The he hit. kept driving, yeah. retreat, yeah. reset yes, the man. count. Yeah. <laughs> he yes. kept resetting yeah. the count. I mean, for a kid to gain that kind of experience, all right, so, you know, state tournaments on the line in five years, six years from now, I've done been in that. He's been Definitely. there. You know, Definitely. he's done been in it. So it's a uh, – you can't hide them. You know, you got to just get out there and play. And, you know, if you don't want your kid to be ranked, your team to be ranked, then it's – like you said the other day, it's not for everybody, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and it's not all the time. But uh, and not all kids are ready for that. You know, there's some kids that's in third grade that hadn't developed yet. But by the time he's in high school, he's the best player there is. Mm-hmm. You know, that not everybody's ready for it, and everybody progresses different. And some are ready in fifth grade, and by the time they're tenth grade, they're not ready for what's out there in tenth grade. So, so we talk about those special moments that these kids are able to experience at a at a super early age, and just as talent evaluators a lot of times there's specific things that we can see in a kid as young as five six seven eight years old that kind of can separate him from everybody else to where you know that man this kid has a shot regardless of you know necessarily today like yeah he's a good player today what are some key things that you've seen throughout the years and even you know the youngest of kids or whatever what stays constant in being able to separate kids from from one another fundamentals mm-hmm. I think because I mean I was even talking about you know a couple kids last year that are you know they're ranked up there right now but I always say you know I don't know how good they're going to be when they get older Cause one of the best you can be a really good player second third fourth grade just by being more aggressive mm-hmm. and stronger you know there might be a kid's real skill but if you're just aggressive you know because everybody presses well a kid can't it's hard to make an accurate pass 60 feet down the court can't do it. there yeah. uh, at that age. So if you're aggressive, you can get up there. So one thing that I look at, even though, you know, you might be real good now, but if I'm looking at you long term, like how, if you, wrong feet in front of the other, mm-hmm. some of them throw it up there, ball spinning sideways, you know, because most points in them grades are layups. layups. Yeah. But like you said, the, the core kid, he's got it. Yeah. He, he's got this, you know, I don't know how, how big he's going to be, what well, level that, he's going to play. Thing. But his skill set, his fundamentals – he definitely, if he sticks with it and wants to keep playing, you know, some of these kids might not even want to play. Yeah. And older, but if he wants to play, he'll be able to get a college scholarship because so you can tell right now he's a leader on the court. Mm-hmm. He's vocal, and a lot of these teams. The thing I like about his team, for example, and they play man to man at that age. Yes. And they they teach him how to guard and sit down to guard, and play man to man defense. So well, we see it. I I've seen it for years running the. I don't know if anybody's seen more third grade girls basketball mm-hmm. games than me. <laughs> Second grade girl, you know, like the. When you start 
it, it's foreign to a lot of people because they've not been exposed to a ton of fourth grade basketball and third grade basketball. So I don't think a lot of people even know how much of this is even really out there, how mm -hmm. serious it is, how hard these teams are working, and that there's teams that just take a lot of pride in trying to compete at the highest level. And so, but but we've seen it so many times where, you know, a kid may come in and uh, dominate. Uh, middle school state tournament let's say I've seen this happen multiple times and like you said Darren their sophomore year they got a lot of potential with basketball but maybe they've won MVP their team won the state tournament by their sophomore year they've decided well I love baseball yeah. and they don't even play basketball anymore yeah and uh, you know like you said another thing to look at you know one is always I mean I'm sure college I mean I know colleges look at it too especially at a younger age but how big are the kids parents mm -hmm. you know so if you're trying to project kid how fast is he on the court how big are his parents are then that's going back to the potential of it but you know you better get a good skills trainer Absolutely. if you're not you know then if you long and athletic you know if you get a skills trainer then that helps you know we rank it's based on usually what you are that day it ain't potential because you know a lot of people got potential but you know if they don't have the right skills trainer they don't take it serious then you know you kind of got egg on your face by saying that that's why i think it's more interesting to see how good you are now and you know who taps out and who keeps getting better who improves and we, we see it now too it's kind of one of those things that you know we talk about having that number one and number two matchup texas united and uh north coast blue chips um, again one of the best atmospheres you'll see but you know the kind of gets taken that even back as far as understanding key indicators that show the how how these teams are that good how these players are that developed Everybody else gets here. Most teams traveling on Friday evening. First game on Saturday morning. They show up on Saturday morning, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes before the game. They stretch out. They get ready to go. People don't realize these two teams, they're calling, you know, a month before. Oh, yeah. Locking in gym time on Friday night to make sure that the kids can come in, stretch out, eat right, get used to the uh, to the rims, going over scouting reports, yeah. um, understanding the fundamentals of basketball, and they're getting exposed to all this stuff at eight years old. And these are things that even high school kids, you know, aren't even blessed to understand the the details in preparation and the little things. But being able to, again, see that, understand that kids are exposed to these things at such an early age, it just makes it even easier to understand that, okay, well, you know, this kid has a chance. Yeah. Right? I, I think, you know, just one thing I see a lot of, and, you know, I can't speak, 10, 15 years ago, I think it was a little bit different then, but, you know, you got a lot more teams now, but a lot of it is, you know, you got a lot of guys, I mean, I'd say, oh, your national level teams, 75 to 80% of them, and that's probably conservative, are, especially your younger kids, like you said, well, it's a guy that's 26, 27, that had a, he's got an eight or nine year old now, so he's mm -hmm. coaching them, so you like, they're taking what they learned playing in the SEC. Yeah. In the Big Twelve, all right. Well, this I'm putting my whole heart into this team, and then you know, like you said, they learning to eat right, train right, uh, film study, the correct skill development and stuff. And it's just, you know, I think, you know, you see some stuff that's bad for basketball, yeah, some oh, drills yeah. and kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think a lot of it too, though. You know, you see a lot of good stuff. And I agree. You know, I don't mean I to agree. talk about Texas United again. But I mean that guy that runs well, they the do program. It the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Shout you know he Josh he trains. Yeah. And you know he trains. Uh, one of the biggest guy he trains is the guy from uh, UK that just signed with the Warriors. Michael Mulder. Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. He trains him. You know, so he, obviously his kids are getting good training. Mm -hmm. You know, he trains a lot of guys from the G League that get caught up in the pros, 
uh, you know, down in Houston. So uh, you can tell. Yeah, and you know, it's just you can tell the teams that are just out there two two one one two one one pressing <laughs> with the bigger, stronger athletes than the and the ones that's going to be better in long term who's getting the right coaching. Hey, real quick uh, for the whole panel, uh, you know, nowadays we have a lot of adults, parents, different coaches, high school versus AAU. What do you want to know? <laughs> just the differences? Your thought, all right, fine. Just it, your thoughts. Okay, the differences. Because, you know, obviously <laughs> we all have a foot in each. You know, I am crazy about high school basketball. Absolutely crazy about it. <laughs> They're actually kind of designed and set up perfectly to Perfect. work together um, because logistically it – a high school coach is a little bit is put a little bit at a disadvantage in regards to helping his kids get recruited based on the competition they're playing against on a nightly basis. So over the course of you know twenty five games or whatnot, if your player is a Division one player, um, a college coach wants to see him or her participate against other Division one players. And in high school, that's just not the numbers. I mean, only just a small percentage of players even go on to play college at any level. So it's not that high school coaches don't want they're just their structure is different now conversely in AAU tournament you know uh, over the course of a weekend you'll have hundreds of college players in the building playing against each other and so it's easier more efficient for college coaches to go there so in the best world I think everybody's working together but unfortunately it's that's not what it is a lot of the time so in some cases it is because there's great people on both sides um, but if an AAU coach wants to tell me that high school coaches are selfish and dirty and this and that. I've got yeah. some AAU coaches exactly. I can talk to them about. When high school coaches want to talk to me about AAU guys, I've got high school guys that I can point to that have done worse. And so for me, it's it's almost like this power struggle for the kids' attention. And I think that's a great, an absolute great question because, you know, a, a high school coach is in the middle of their season in January, like the meat of their season trying to get their teams to prep at the highest level. And yet their kids are getting hit up by – AAU teams saying, hey, will you announce that you're playing with me? Well, go <laughs> ahead, put it out there, put it out there, put it out there. Yeah. And, and the next night they're playing, you know, a big district game or whatnot. And so high school coaches get a little kind of miffed by that. Um, but at the same time, so so there's just – and then, you know, I, we, I think we've all seen it where yeah. AAU coaches will try to act like they know more than the high school coach. And it's almost like this ego mm -hmm. back and forth kind of game that – I think it's completely unnecessary. Definitely. At the end of the day, frankly, you know, it should be nothing but nothing but about the kids. They should work together. I always encourage AAU coaches and especially high school coaches to get to know these guys because at the end of the day, most of them really are just trying to help the kids, yeah. but they want to say that I helped the kids. This was me. AAU, you stay out. See, we can do it without AAU. This is, a, and it actually turns more to an ego thing exactly. on yes. both sides exactly. than the kid than for the kids. Exactly. And then the kids are in the middle, like. I don't know. I like both you guys. Both of you helped me, but it's just it, there's a lot of insecurity on right. both sides. Yeah. Right, and, and I know I know this is a passionate question for a lot of people. That's why I wanted to bring it up. And then today, we got a guy who's been on both sides of that. Crazy, with Coach Bruce. It's great. <laughs> yeah, anomaly. <laughs> the anomaly. And, and some of the guys are more into it than others. Some of the mm. high school coaches. I think that some of your younger high school coaches today have accepted more of the AAU side. Um, 
and that some of the, you know, there are quite a few high school coaches that have been around for a while that have done just fine and put players in Division One and, and in NAI and D3. They've done great without AAU. And so it's really just kind of a headache, and coaches stay busy enough. I mean, it, it's a it's a life. We'll d we'll jump into that one day, but the coach's life is super busy. And on top of that, I got to add where my kids are going to play AAU. Mm -hmm. It just can add to a lot of, you know, bad feelings. No, I mean, I you know, I agree. It's uh, the biggest thing you said. You know, I think it's just a lot of people try to take credit for this or that. You know, and it's not – I mean, end of the day, it's the kid. You know, the kid's either good enough or not. You know, they're either putting in the extra work or they're not. You know, I was listening to an interview, though, uh, yesterday. Um, you know, talking about a good high school program, Indiana, Mr. Basketball is going to – I guess he's going to Indiana next year. Talking about their summer. Well, you know, he said every day in the summer, their summer – Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, 9 to 10 every day they're in the gym lifting. 10 to 11.30 they practice. Well, then they go eat whatever. They come back at 3.30. They either practicing again or they got summer games. So, you know, that's a good – high school program that's running you know and then you got AAU coaches that again a lot of them played college basketball a lot of them got connections mm -hmm. to different colleges so yeah obviously they can help a kid more when you know high school I mean unless you're at a big big school you know a lot of your county schools or rural schools you know a lot of it's politics who who knows who to, on the school board to get a teaching job at this place and then you know you're coaching and so forth now the coaching you know, I mean, you got good AAU coaches that teach skills, and some are just out there about the wins. Same thing in high school. You know, you got some good coaches that some of your best coaches are, they might win five games that year, you know, and it's just, a lot of it's just based on your talent and what you're able to get. But you're talking about working together, you know, a couple of the best programs are from the D.C. area, you know, Team Thrill. I don't know them as well, so I can't say yes or no what they do. Of course, they're more from Baltimore, but like Team Takeover, I think that's one of the, most people say that's probably the most best program top to bottom. Them and Thrill will take over. The guy that runs their program, Keith Stevens, he is friends. You know, they have the WCAC, which is like, what is it, eight or ten schools? Our boy coached in that, Corey Heights, mm -hmm. yeah. with, so, uh, know, with Gonzaga. Schools, it's unbelievable. Shout out to Corey. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's close with all the high school coaches in that league. And, you know, and he'll kind of spread his players out too, encourage them. All right, you go to DeMatha, you go to Gonzaga Prep. You know, you go to John Paul, you know, he'll kind of do that. But he's kind of cool with all the – I think it's eight teams in that league. Mm -hmm. He kind of cool with all of them in there. And, uh, you know, but they all help him too. Of course, they know at the end of the day he probably – he has a yeah. lot of it. But, you know, I mean, a, when it comes to recruiting, AAU is – that's what it comes down to a lot. And, you know, I used to joke with people, but I'll say about Keith Stevens, you know, all them high school coaches power, but, you know, he's getting more money for <laughs> basketball than any um, else. I used to joke with people, you know, again, thanks to Coach Carlos for letting me put everything in my name, but I used to joke with people, man, there's only two people in Kentucky got a Nike contract for basketball. It's <laughs> John Calipari and myself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else has got their name on a Nike contract besides us two. So, you know, it is uh, the AAU game, I mean, it's powerful, that's for sure. You know, I, I kind of learned that the more I got with the Nike side of it and the higher – you know, I thought with Derby State I was doing pretty good. But then you go to – you see a whole different level yeah, of it when you go with these national programs and so forth. You know, it, but, King, it, you, you and I deal with this all the time, talk about this all the time. The travel basketball world, more so than high school, is the true Wild West. You know, in 
in high school, if you change schools, there's rules to where are you going to be eligible immediately? Are you going to have to sit out for a semester or a year or whatnot? There's just this structure and rules and different things in place. Travel ball, none of that, right? And so our, like, that's like our job is to actually try to be respected enough to put together events that do have rules, that do have structure, that have enforcement, that have consequences. That's what that's what we do. But it's the it's the Wild West. Uh-oh. Somebody can I, I've seen kids change AAU teams mid weekend. <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've always, seen always a classic. Always a classic. <laughs> There's so many things that go on, and I think that that makes people who are used to being on the stru- more structured side, which is high yeah. school. I think that that either turns them off a little bit, and it makes them nervous because they're jumping from structure where they're established. Man, that's the coach. He's been the coach there for ten years in that small town. He's the guy. You walk into an AAU gym, no matter if you've coached high school for thirty years you're only as valuable or your people only care about you if you can do something for them and add value. Yeah. They don't care how long you've been coaching, good old guy. They they just don't care about that. And it makes a lot of people nervous. Uh, you might see <laughs> you saying the switch teams weekend. I mean you might see a kid play seventh grade with this team, yeah. he's playing eighth grade yeah, on this team. team. Facts. I mean it, it it's this that's the only thing that I don't really like about the AAU anymore or the way it's get. You know, it's like we host these events. Well a lot of it comes back to ranking the teams. So, you know, this team, oh, man, you ain't playing this weekend? Come play with our team. And, you know, we're trying to get that national ranking and stuff. And, you know, so I don't like that. And, you know, I think another thing that really bothers me is uh, all these kids that transfer in college, I think it goes back to AAU. Agree. But it bothers me where I think it's just started the last couple years where the kids transfer. They might transfer. They have all the time and say, all right, I'm going to this school. But now you see a kid transfer, and he's putting out a – top 10 list from transferring from one school. Now he's wow. putting out a top 10, like the kid from Purdue. I think he had a top 10 the other day. But you know what? I don't know how I feel about that because a coach can, all right, I got another job. I'm going to go ahead and go here. Yeah. Where a kid is stuck and that school has to let him out of his commitment. Now, it seems like the NCAA is coming around to loosen up some of those rules, which inflated the portal. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't really know how I feel about that way. I don't think the coach should be able to, you know, come in, make some mistakes, get the kids in trouble on probation. Hey, I got another job. Forget uh, y'all. That, you see what I, I'm saying? But I, I think I, I see that, and then I, I just think it's going to be like almost like AAU where even if the coach don't change. I mean, you know, AAU, it's a lot of pleasing but but players, what's wrong if you want that, the though? best player, well, but what which part about the transferring thing immediately? No, for whatever well, reason. Well, I think I, that's just an opinion. I was just saying more. It bothers me. I don't, you know, if a kid wants to transfer, they transfer better fit. I just don't understand. All right, now I got a new top ten. This is my yeah, top that is ten. Funny. It's for the, yeah. you know, it's more just look at me, look at me. I, right. I left this program. Now I'm going here. Now you know it's all that again. That that's the part I don't really like. But when you go with this transfer. It's going to be like, hey, you, if they don't have to sit out, well, if a coach makes them mad, it's like you're going to almost have to cater to every kid. If not, then I can leave and go somewhere else. And it's just like, hey, you, if I wasn't happy with you this weekend. I'm going to play with this team or I'm going to try this team out. And it's just going to be, but it's it just going to be something to get used to. But, but a lot of times that stuff, like, it doesn't work out for the kid that's doing that. No. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, you're going to, you are going to have that anyways. But at some point, will people wake up and understand that? College coaches ask us or ask whoever 
this kid's been on six different AAU teams in three seasons. They noticed that. Right. They noticed that. And if and if you transfer, let's say you're a freshman in college, you transfer after your freshman year, then you, then you want to transfer after your junior year. How many colleges do you think will be lined up for that kid? Because you're thinking, why? Are you mentally tough? Can you handle yeah. uh, criticism? Are you disciplined? And so I think that opening it up, that at first it would be Wild Wild West mm-hmm. again, everybody doing it. But then over time yeah. – we it bring it back together. This is not right. a fix overnight, but you set the standards, and then we figure out how to, the right. best ways to do it. But you're always going to have knuckleheads, always. And so to to change the rules for everybody because of a couple knuckleheads, this doesn't seem, yeah. you know, it, I'm I'm if it's not, I think we're all here pro yeah. transfer oh, for sure, right for, sure. for whatever reason. But and I, I I think it's kind of the a similar situation that we see all the time where the 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 negative outweighs the positive all the time, even to the standpoint of, you know, whether it's the ranking the kids too early or even just how more traditionally AAU travel basketball gets a bad rap based on, you know, one incident that might happen, yes. you know, yes. in a calendar year. Yes. And I, I think this is a good segue. I, I want everybody's in, input on this. Some of the craziest situations that that we've seen just in this business, isolated, of course, but again, we say all the time, we want to have the best atmospheres for you know these young players in basketball. And again, there's always those moments where we want everybody's toes up to the line, everybody out of their seat, toes right to the edge of the court. But we don't want anybody step over across the line. What are some of the 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 best moments, craziest stories? Not necessarily all negative, but just kind of really show the atmosphere and the importance and the value of, you know, everything we've been able to build. Just, I mean, two of the best atmospheres I've been in was when Coach was, uh, we all can go, just went to, one of them was Atlantic City, the B-Ball Spotlight. It was eighth grade. And that was my first, uh, no, I take it back. <laughs> we went to Houston, or New Orleans, for the uh, John Lucas All-Star Weekend Tournament. That was my first time ever with we all can go and just seeing that event down there and the type of players. I mean, you're seeing eighth graders that would be top five players in the state in Kentucky. Just wasn't used to seeing them type of players. Yeah, we did the made hoop cams last fall. Yeah. We, we saw, oh. you know, uh, rims. Six, we, <laughs> rims had to be reinforced. Yeah. Eighth graders <laughs> average height six, seven, oh. six, yeah. eight. It just, it's different out there. But the, and the, you know, this, the trash talking among teams, like you said, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It, it can get borderline. And it's, it's can they, everybody, should know, you know, we're doing this in the game and after the game it's over, but some people just take it personal, you know, and again, it's always it seems like it's parents more <laughs> than not but at Atlantic City uh, we were playing, eighth grade, we was playing Team Izod, and uh, it's just the atmosphere in there, I mean, it was you couldn't even get in the gym it was Marvin Bagley versus Nazi Reed uh, Javon Quinterly was over there, we had Tiger Campbell Darius Garland, that, that was one, and then uh same year with Tiger, but he was actually playing this great. We was at the AAU Nationals. They actually, in Memphis, I think it was, they actually had to shut the gym down because too many people were in there. We were playing all Ohio Red. And, uh, you know, just I remember we hit a shot at, see, it was, we tied it to go to overtime. And I was helping Carlos coach that game. He was the head coach. Well, the whole time, you know, the gym's packed and he lived for that stuff. 
the whole time. I'm having to talk to the kids going into overtime because we had a shot to go, and he's out on the court celebrating, <laughs> <laughs> getting the crowd up and everything. So, you know, yeah, just just atmospheres like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we was in Akron one time in the back gym, but going back to Sean Kell Night Golf, he took off on the baseline and dunked eighth grader right-handed on Cole Anthony, which Cole Anthony wasn't what he is now. And, you know, Greg Anthony in the gym, I mean, he stands up and claps and applauds. But then I was off, I was off, I've also been keeping the score in the gym where you got stands behind me. You can look it up on YouTube. Across the way, it's set up kind of like this where it's all media. Well, I got my two little kids over there. They're, I mean, they're probably eight and four at this time, right, running around. All of a sudden, you see something start to break loose. I'm looking over. I'm I'm walking upstairs. I make eye contact. I mean, you got people out there hitting people with chairs, steel chairs, tables. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> like it was like WWE in there. Police had to come up there. Guys out driving, a guy driving his own Escalade, trying to drive it through the school doors <laughs> to get back in to fight more. I mean, it was <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, you know, you see the good and the bad on both sides of it for sure. But uh, yeah, now kay. when we when we talk about atmosphere. We're just talking about the excitement. In yeah, the that's what I'm talking about. The yeah, more there. We're not talking about driving. No, 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 no. That's a great example. That's a great example, though, of how things can get out of hand. When Marcellus is saying our motto is, we want everybody, we want everybody's toes on the line, but yeah. we don't want anybody to cross yeah. the line. And the thing about if that, if you don't have a strong presence there, if you do not have a strong presence that people respect, they won't just barely tiptoe over the line. They will sprint past the line. Oh, well, that whole gang thing there, and it really, you know, because it's on TMZ. Well. Master P had a team playing in the game. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> he was playing, he and he'd already – he, like I said, I'm keeping the clock, but he's already saying – he already telling his guy, let's uh, – man, after this game, we're going out the back. Get the van out the back. We're going out the back. <laughs> well, the game didn't get to there. About 40 seconds left. But his team – it wasn't even his fans involved in the fight. But, you know, TMZ puts it on there. Master P's team yeah. in this game and stuff like that. So it's just uh, – you know, I've seen a few of the fights break out there, and then you know, you don't ever want to see it happen, obviously. But I, uh, I got a positive spin on, on. But I think, like I said, a lot of it, the atmosphere—it's fun. It's just a lot of that stuff's good. It's just uh, a lot of it is—it uh, can get negative pretty quick. I got a positive spin on atmosphere. Um, that first President's Day tournament that we did here, mm-hmm. 2019. Yeah, that was unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. That atmosphere, the people, e- even if someone got upset about a call or, you know, whatever, because most of the time, more times than not, it's they upset about a call. Even so, the energy and the music and stuff was just drowning those emotions out, and everybody was still vibing and having a great time, man. Yeah, it, it's cool how even just the couple years that we've been doing these tournaments, how it's kind of grown where mm-hmm. – who were the two teams last time with the uh, grown adult mascots? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the St. Louis Knight. That, and, uh, I love that. I don't remember. I'm sorry. We, we put out all types of videos on those guys. Maybe Joe Johnson Hawks. That, that's who yeah, it was. That's yeah. It was both those guys. But So Joe Johnson Hawks had a, uh, a an adult, maybe one of the dads on the team or whatever, that would kind of dress up a little bit, and he had these different props. And uh, it's a one-of-a-kind. Like, I've never really seen something like that. And then what are the odds that the other team that they're <laughs> playing against has the exact same thing? And in the middle, they started doing a push-up contest, a dance-off. But, but it's it's real positive what yeah, you're talking about. That's Cam. positive. That's the positive. Both teams, you know, both teams were 
you know, they having fun with it. But, they, you know, both of them want their teams to win. Of but, course. You know, I think St. Louis is ranked number one right now. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, both teams want them to win. But, you know, it was fun more like that. That's the healthy way. That's the yeah, best exactly. version. If you that's the best version of this basketball. If you're listening out there and you ain't been to an event at the KBC, and I ain't, oh. you know, if it ain't, it, it could be a coast-to-coast event. I mean, I know they do events with Next Up Recruits, The Journey. But you get all of it here, you know, because I, I, we host tournaments different places or I've been to, like I said, I've been to tournaments all over the country. You know, you got you got some places that might do interviews. But this place here, you know, you got the music, the atmosphere, you got the hype man, JK on the mic. The food. <laughs> Y'all, you got you know the food. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, you got the pictures, you got your own media room. Just the first, everything, you know, it's all, it's all right here. You know, you don't, you, you, when you leave a tournament here, and it's even when I bring little kids up here from my school, you know, just a normal KBC event. When you leave an event up here, it's, you know, you were actually at a first. There's nothing that you didn't get at that event. Yeah. You know, and, everything's and covered all in one. That's it's great. not Appreciate about that, Breeze. Yeah, much love. Yeah, and it's Thank not you. about us. No. no. Four. Yeah. It's about the babies. It's about no, the it's babies. About That's GB. what I'm saying. I'm not even saying the coast to coast. It's about GB. I'm talking about just the normal, even your normal little kids tournaments. Right. For mm-hmm. school teams, you know, just when you come up here, like some of the best events there is is the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade state tournaments. But when you leave here, you don't leave. It's you got everything covered. You didn't miss out mm-hmm. on. Oh, I gotta go to Atlantic City this weekend to get this. I gotta go yeah. here to get that. You come here, you get all all of it. And and that's one reason. Even Shake that breeze. Even us starting this podcast and really just trying to dive in and pass the information along to everybody, man. You, we try to do it in such a way that you have everything you need in one place to yep. where, you know, we're, we're all Kentucky guys. We want to make it to where, you know, there there's no excuses on the table. You come here, you work hard, you take care of your business, you make the grades. We'll handle the rest. Yeah. You know, as far as providing you a platform, you got, you know, again, elementary to middle school, one of the biggest scouting services in the country. Yeah, You'll get there, big events, whether it's middle school, state tournament, or whatever, but being able to have you know, this in your backyard, we understand the importance of it, and that's why, you know, we do what we do, and it is always gratifying to hear those success stories and see that love, whether it's social media, people calling, even now during this time, you know, everybody itching at the bit to lace the shoes back up and, and hop on the court. So, you know, that that is really gratifying to see during this time. Yeah, it, no, it's cool. On any given day, Marcellus might be dealing with um, a second-grade girl that's trying to learn how to dribble the basketball like my daughter, mm-hmm. and – an hour later, he's telling me about the conversation he had with a conference player of the year trying to decide what agent, you know, <laughs> they're going to decide and give him that type of advice. And so that is what we try to do. We try to do something for everybody. We can genuinely help everybody. But one thing that Breeze mentioned, going to Atlantic City, going to New Orleans for years, and, and I think this is my this is my eighth or ninth year, I don't know, but involved in the travel basketball school, but just involved in the event side of things. And always it was like, well, let's put – well, I'll put you on the schedule, but I've got to go to boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, boom. And, and the Kentucky teams have had to always travel outside to play the big-time teams. And so whereas now we're bringing them here, and, and it's, like an, it's a little bit of an adjustment because teams in their mind are like, well, I have to leave Kentucky, right? I, I have to leave. But actually we're bringing every, everything right. that you need to Lexington to where you don't have to worry about flights, all the gas money, all the, all the extra stuff. It's just right here. So – Appreciate you uh, saying that, Breeze, but you're you're a huge part of that as well for us. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's it's all family, and plus you and King, you know, yeah. I, I feel blessed to be you know be able to have jumped in in 2018 to start to help. 
But you guys have have been doing the Midwest Spotlight um, yeah. for a while, which is a that does a that's yeah. one of the biggest camps in the country. Yeah, that, I think it's huge. That's yeah. huge. And, and and just to kind of bring it full circle again, which I feel like we say every single episode, you know, we we, we hopped on in an, in an earlier episode and just kind of talked about how this KBC thing, Camp One thing, just kind of came together. And you know, we're, we're talking about all this. And Breeze is right there in the mix with Coast to Coast Preps. So. I didn't know King knew Breeze. <laughs> exactly. So I this, had no this idea. Is, this Maze is, field. <laughs> this, is field. this is again just just coming 360 and you know summer plans. We talk about the the Midwest Spotlight. Yeah. Coast to Coast Camp One. What are you guys cooking up this summer? Um, just for our listeners to kind of look out for. I know we can't put actual dates on it this year or Keeping our ear not yet, ground. but 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 you know what can we expect? I mean, you know, just like. I mean, we hopefully you know we do the Memorial Day tournament that we have on the schedule Balling here. Ball in the bluegrass. Yeah, ball in the bluegrass. Teams last year, and uh, hopefully we can do that again this year. Then, like I said, we're going to try to do the Midwest Spotlight. Don't know the date on that. Then we've talked about possibly, you know, depending when this run. stuff gets going, maybe doing like a at the end of June, maybe a kickoff. To, mm-hmm. You know, going into July for all your teams going to nationals and stuff. Just you know, we're just really we're just kind of you know. We talked about a lot of stuff, and I'm sure everybody else has too. But just basically, you're just waiting to see what's yeah, going mean, to happen with everything. I, I guess we'll just go ahead and break it down, King. And I'm sorry if I'm sharing too much. <laughs> all right, but but no. frankly, uh, we follow this probably too closely for our own sanity. You know, I'm following everything. We're all following things to understand when we may be able to get back to business as usual. We've got a tentative schedule based on any number of scenarios that may happen whether it's this week or six weeks from now or however long it is we've got schedules ready to go we're just waiting on something you know to where to where we're not being irresponsible you know we we don't we don't want to tell people we're hosting this memorial day tournament even though it may be possible that you know for them to plan on it maybe book hotel rooms we just want to be responsible for all that stuff you know so no and i mean you know in addition to here you know i do a couple more we always do one in nashville but I mean that's kind of the same thing, you know. People, some people are signing up wanting to pay. I'm like, you know, just hold off on paying. We'll take <laughs> yeah, your name, yeah. but they no need in paying and you know losing money on PayPal registrations or whatever. You know, having to refund money. So it's just kind of, you know, something that nobody's ever seen before going through something like this. So, uh, you know, hopefully we don't ever see it again once we get through it. Yeah. And stay tuned with us though. We'll keep you posted on all the dates coming up. We'll drop everything uh, once we get the once we get the thumbs up. And and Breeze, before we get out of here, how can how can everybody contact? You? I know they might have questions, might want to check out your stuff on Coast to Coast Preps. Uh, you Where know, can we find you? Coast to Coast Preps dot com is the website. Um, the easiest way to contact is like you said, either on Instagram on the direct message, or it's hard to, if you tag me in something on there. It's hard for us to see it. Just get, I mean, there's probably sixty or seventy tags a day. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep up with the tags. And then uh, emails just Coast to Coast Preps at gmail dot com. The number two, not T. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the, the number, number two. two. But again, thanks for joining us one more time. Coach Breeze with us. Another episode of the KBC Hoops Podcast. Check this out on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and I promise you we're getting everything set up for Apple Podcasts real soon. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Another episode of the KBC Hoops Podcast.